Hey everybody and welcome to episode 21 of Journey Through Gorilla Island. I'm your host Sig. Joining me is Sarah, Barry and Emma. And today we will be covering Pro Wrestling Gorilla All Nude Review, which uh, took place on the 12th of February 2005 with PWG returning to its birthplace, the Frank and Sons Toy Convention. Yeah, I was very excited when I saw that banner in the background. Felt like home. Spiritual home for sure. Beautiful. Definitely a better venue also for the place. It feel like it filled out better and the acoustics were better and it just seemed better. It seemed mm. louder. It seemed very loud. We'll probably and get to the show. Yeah. But it was funny now. I did I was watching this in in my I'm well I live at home, my family's home <laughs> on my big screen. And um my dad walked in when I was watching it and he said, Why is there no one there? And I was like <laughs> and I was like Dad, this is independent wrestling from 2005. <laughs> That's a lot of people. I think as well that they must have had a few uh, convention goers because usually it's on at the same time as the toy convention because there were a few, like, uh, not PWG, but wrestling fans there that uh, right. you know, could sly and snar- smart remarks uh, all throughout us whenever anyone got out of the ring and stuff. But it was sort of nice to... Just have a bit of atmosphere because it was a bit more of a normal crowd than usual. Right. Which I think uh, added to a lot of the matches, especially towards the top end of the card. Uh, am I crazy or did they also upgrade or buy a new canvas? The ring looks like cleaner and in better condition than it has been in the past. Less uh, tape and and holes. A nice little side, the things at the the mats up on the ground. They mm. look nice and fresh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they may have. So, so the, the 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 dough is obviously rolling in straight mm. into Calibre's pocket, as he likes to say, and uh, down to I don't know where you get ring mats, high spots, I guess. It's it's obviously uh, interim commissioner disco machine. He's oh, yeah. you know he's straightened up and fly right. He's got the promotion like a well oiled machine now. He's a very kind of, visual man, so yeah. it's all about like the visuals and how everything looks. So yeah, he's 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 doing it well. Yeah, and and honestly, Paul T wasn't bezeling money. Let let's face it, he, he was taking money out of the company. That's it. So now with him gone, they're like, whoa, we're making so much money every month. That's VHSs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every now and then they'd look over to their big jar full of pennies that was called the ring mat fund and it would be empty. And then Paul T's on <laughs> holiday again and they're like, what happened? Wasn't last month, wasn't it like, um, disc, was he, Disco was appointed like a temporary like executive, but then this month they, they kept calling Paul T the former commissioner yeah. on commentary. So uh, I'm wondering if we, we have unfortunately seen our last of, uh, of, of Paul T. And really in 20 episodes, I think we saw him like four times, I think. <laughs> There was some explanation and we obviously didn't get it because it it started kind of hot. Yeah, so the show starts with arrogance leaving. <laughs> so <Yeah>. something <laughs> clearly happened between them and Kazarian, which I guess sort of comes up again later. But uh, yeah, I assume they had a a verbal confrontation, which leads to Tony Stradlin coming out where he was already out. 
the show pretty much starts with Tony Stradlin and Kazarian in the ring. Stradlin is talking about his big wins and uh, he wants another big test. He's also weirdly heelish in this. Yeah. Um, I don't really know where that came from. Maybe the victories are gone to his head. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he's sort of running down the roster and how like he's he's the he's the big deal in PWG now. And he challenges Kazarian to a match. Sorry, I have to commend you for getting any of this. I, was just I did not get say. any of this. Because this was another, uh, one of our favorite PWG drums. The show starts and it's like, if anyone has seen Anchorman 2, there's that scene where they show like the birth of cable news and it's like four talking heads screaming across each other in a faux kind of Fox <laughs> News or Sky News. Side of That's what every one of these shows starts like. It's just like, Tony Stratton, you think, oh, cars, you can shut down. Oh, disco, we're here. We're having a great time. Oh, just, Excalibur, I just got a V. And I'm like, what is, what is happening? What is how did you get all of that? Yeah. How did you get those details? Pieced it together between uh, bits that uh, Excalibur and Disco are trying to do. So Kaz accepts the match anyway. And yeah, they had a, a functional match, a fine opener, I thought. Yeah. But like they were both in the ring in their gear, but there wasn't a match. And then the match was called. Yeah. Like. At least put on a T-shirt and make it, you know, <laughs> act like you've been called out here to, you know, talk or whatever. And you think you think Frankie, the coolest man alive, Kazarian, <laughs> walks around with a T-shirt on backstage? Did you see his ponytail? He looked like a show pony. He had like horses half before a big race or like a dressage competition where it had like multiple sort of like hair ties in it. It was upsetting. <laughs> be honest during the match i actually got confused as to who was who because their gear is so similar (laughs) it was only the hair that was the giveaway they looked better than tag teams in pwg they were more (laughs) more cohesive in their things so stradlin had like neon green um whatever they're called (laughs) because they're white with neon green accents yeah. Girls, you're missing the crucial detail, which is across his derriere, Frankie had very, very crudely stitched the word coolest uh, in letters that were not <laughs> in a straight line. And I don't think the letters were the same size either. It was, it looked, I can't even really describe it. I tried my best to get a little picture of it, but it was like, I he, did he pull these letters from like, six different sets of letters from, from like uh, random like kits around the locker room or something it was hilarious it was hilarious maybe he was doing it like a ransom letter you know yes, <laughs> who is the coolest this is impossible to decipher zodiac has nothing on that <laughs> yeah i was thinking about those coolest trunks as well because He's in TNA at this moment, and he definitely didn't wear them there. <laughs> he just wears these on the indies. <laughs> He's the coolest. Like, obviously, I don't know, Jeff Jarrett or Scott DeMore were like, absolutely not. You are not wearing those on our show. But, like, I just think back, because obviously, you know, Kaz was such a big part of the X Division and was one of the first kind of big names I don't remember him being like that's the thing. I don't remember him being lame in in TNA. Like I don't remember him being like, oh my god, he's the best exhibition wrestler in the company. But like, I don't know. It's like, why is he worse on the indies? It's so weird. Is it because he really has odd. to talk? 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I do get a rise out of him stopping mid-match, though, and going, I am the coolest. <laughs> and the crowd goes fucking mental. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> They loved it. Yeah, credit to him. He's got it over. I don't know how <laughs> he has. Maybe we're the ones that are wrong. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's 2022 eyes. Yeah, maybe in 2005, also, all the kids were talking about, have you heard about this Frankie's here? He's, he's the coolest. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was the buzz on AIM back in the day. <laughs> yeah, everyone had their handles as the coolest. The coolest, the yeah, yeah. What are you listening to? Frankie Kazarian's theme song from PWG. Yeah. I got it on LimeWire. You know. <laughs> and it's not actually his theme song. It's a completely different yeah. <laughs> I thought Stradlin was very good in this match, though. He's very physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at one point, which is probably the first time in American history, he hits a go to sleep. Which, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he, I missed that. He hits a, uh, like, well, Excalibur calls it a rising knee strike. Yeah, it was, it was weird to see, like, because Excalibur and Disco, I think, had never seen it before in their lives as well, because they reacted like it was, you know, the coolest mm-hmm. thing they'd ever seen. And, like, Kento would have only debuted about six months beforehand. So he's obviously watching his Noah tapes. And Excalibur's not. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to have a four-way now. So Kenta, CM Punk, Hangman Page, Tony Stratlin. Are we leaving out Dan Housen? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, uh, no, that's another podcast. So too long. Uh, Stratlin um, also at one point for a lad his size, he does the thing, I'm trying to think of, uh, there's a much smaller wrestler who does it, I can't remember who it is. He does the thing where he like, he gets, um, he gets Kaz like bent over and then leaps onto his back and stands for about a second and then does a leg drop on the back of mm. his head. And and it just, it looks bizarre in a cool way because I'm like, this is a very tall, very kind of athletic and fit guy moving around and doing these these kind of like cruiserweight style moves for lack of a better term. Yeah, no, Stradlin continues to be like, the actual best kept secret on on these early shows because I feel like most people who are vaguely aware of early PWG like they know the name Bobby Quans they know Chris Bosch generally uh, before we did this I had never heard of Tony Stradlin um, and he continues to be really really fun. This is the last time we see Tony Stradlin. No, why did he join the Navy? Worse, <laughs> you have to go to. Was it Deep South Wrestling? You know, you know that good oh, old the program. What? Yeah, he, he got signed. Whoa. And that's so was that known when this was recorded? Because the next match the commentators were making tons of WWE developmental jokes. So yes. maybe maybe that's just a coincidence. No, I think I think it was I think they knew. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's he's gone fairly quickly after this. Uh, that is, uh, and of course, typical great PWG booking. He uh, he won on the way out, which is great, you know. So, yeah, they, they, they clearly were building him to something big. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. They just got taken. I think. Wow. I don't know if the name, like, he was not Tony Stradlin in Deep South. He was Tony Santorelli. Okay. I don't. I don't know if that means anything. No, um, no, not to me. I I don't recognize that at all. No, um, I, I didn't either. But yeah, he was he was in WWE for about two years and. Didn't really keep up after he got released. I think that was, yeah. that was for him. Yeah, I think would it, who would have been in deep south? Would he have crossed paths with Kenny Omega in deep south in two thousand and five six? I had a look, and he never did. The only name that kept popping up was Mike Knox. 
okay, he yeah, constantly yeah. was either teaming with Mike Knox or wrestling Mike Knox and Deuce and Domino, I think, were there. Um, yeah, but like deep, deep south wrestling from all the stories you hear must have just killed his soul. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. and it's sad. And like it, it did produce the worst SmackDown roster of all time. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's kind of like when you when you talk about like the early two thousands developmental stuff. Every because even at the time it was there were even people who would like watch Ohio Valley like online and 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 it it wasn't the hottest tape trading thing in the world, but people did go out of their way to watch it. Nobody ever talked about Deep South until their flops came on the roster and were rubbish, and then it was just like, yeah, wow, that's actually. That's really shocked me. I had no, I had no idea he had ever even signed. Because again, like I said, I, I knew nothing of him until this. So, wow. Who is in charge of Deep South? Uh, Demas was it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah and then at this time, Cornette would have been in charge yeah. of OVW. Mm. So yeah, I can. For all his faults, I do imagine Cornette is a better booker than Bill Demas. Oh, absolutely. yeah. 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 So back to the old match. As Barry said, <laughs> Stradlin won't put anyone over on his way out. <laughs> and arrogance come out again and distract Kaz. And Stradlin rolls him up with his uh, is it inside cradle of doom that Excalibur's calling it now. They kept calling it the roll up of certain roll doom. Up of, yeah. yeah. Oh, roll yeah. up of certain doom, yes. Because that's three in a row now he's won with us. Yeah, which it's very, you know, it's I like the idea of having someone who does that. Danielson did it for years, obviously, but spoilers for the rest of this show you probably just have one lad doing it, if it <laughs> and not every single match ends in a roll-up but you know digress with that we bid farewell to tony stradlin Bye, tony. we hardly knew ye we hardly knew ye side note uh starting next week folks uh Going deep on Deep South with, with Zig, Emma, Sarah, and Barry coming soon to your, your podcast feeds. I've always been a big domino head. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I, I, I was always a doocy. You know what yeah, I mean? I was, uh, I, this is what you got to tune in for, folks. This sort of <laughs> fire. Don't, don't forget Cherry. <gasps> oh, yeah. Cherry. I like on. One door closes but another one opens is that it is that the phrase uh yeah sure. as tony stradlin departs roderick strong enters the fray making his debut against ricky reyes and they did they did talk about ricky as the gatekeeper in this match which i thought was a nice touch um yeah uh, yeah good old uh, 2005 uh, uh tights roddy Always hated it. Always hated it. They were shocking. Horrible. Bad. Just didn't suit his body type. No, before we talk about how great he is, oh my God. (laughs) It's just, yeah. He didn't have the obscene sideburns that he he had about a year before this, but yeah, still not a good Roddy look at all. No, like if he wasn't so good, like he looked like shit and you wouldn't want to really watch him, to be honest. But then they're like, oh, he's actually quite good, so we better pay attention. But like, oh, yeah, if you yeah. were to just look at him on an indie show, you'd be like, "No." This yeah. is the ultimate period of Roderick Strong just being a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It cuts the promo at the end. That's absolutely <laughs> terrible. It's classic Roddy. Yeah. <laughs> Frat boy Roddy. The crowd um, was happy to see him. Um, yeah, I, I think we have a bit of name from Ring of Honor at yeah. the right now. 
as as you alluded to earlier, Barry, this is when they really started pushing the WWE developmental discs. Excalibur and Disco are saying how they're done bringing in these indie darlings. <laughs> it's going to be muscular Aryans from now on. <laughs> I a reference to Heidenreich, who was probably yeah. on the main roster at this point. Right. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Wasn't uh, he originally supposed to? Was he a Nazi uh, experiment? Was his original story? And yeah, the yeah, frozen, frozen Nazi. Experiment. That was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was Captain Germany. Oh God! So they said they were going to start their PWG Farm League, and they were just going to call their their women divas. Which, first of all, what women? But second of all, uh, they were going to pump everyone up full of steroids. Uh, yeah. So. Disco was particularly annoyed at the divas thing because he's like, even though divas are singers, it was like he was personally offended by women being called divas. Yeah. And let's be real here, divas is probably the best thing they'd ever called a woman on this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, well. We'll get into that later as well. Yeah. As we do. Um, I liked how while Disco and Excalibur were doing their bit, Strong chopped Reyes so hard that mm. they fell out of their skit. Yeah, that that is the best thing. Like this match was, was such. I think this was such a great debut for Roddy. I mean, he really demonstrated. Like, what age was Roddy at this time? Twenty one, twenty two, maybe just turning twenty two, and he was already the Messiah of like the backbreaker. Like already that's established and rightfully so. Like he just went straight in there with Ricky Reyes and and like Barry said, he was the gatekeeper, the measuring stick. And I think no better debut for him. And especially kind of after the way the first match ended, they really kept the momentum going. They kind of just lay started laying into each other, really, really hard hitting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad finally a match got them out of their uh, shtick, especially this early on. Usually they wait yeah. till like the the end few matches on a card. As you said, this was a this is a great debut for Roddy. He was allowed to show what he's about. The idea of Reyes as a gatekeeper now is, is very good because he he has that accepted toughness that if you survive him, you know you you've proven your metal. But he'll also he's also not a big enough star that you know he won't take all your offense as well, right? Yeah, because because Roddy got to do he got to do what would go on to be the hits in this. He you know he got to do his backbreakers, and the thing that was even more impressive is that he hit some of the most brutal sounding chops ever. And again, because you were saying, like you're saying, Reyes has that vibe of toughness, so they had like chop exchanges and they were teeing off on each other, and and um, you know it was nice to have that level of like real physicality on the show. No, it was it was as perfect a kind of second match and a debut match for for, for Roddy uh, as you could ask for. And I went mad for the sick kick, which I've yeah. always loved and is yeah. 10 times better than the Claymore. Definitely, yeah. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> you will in uh, 10 years when we get to his run. <laughs> any, any thoughts yourself, Emma or anything? No, I just liked it. I thought it was good and I thought the crowd was good for it. It was a bit frantic at the end, but I like frantic. Reyes to Barry's point rolls Roddy up with a La Magistral for the win I thought like yeah it was it was a nice little second on the card match 
I was actually a bit disappointed just that it ended so like it worked, but mm. like like we said, the first match also ended up in a in a roll up, and I kind of just wanted more. I was enjoying it. I would I wouldn't have minded an extra two or three minutes to be honest. Mm. For once, PWG. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think Roddy would have been hurt if he was actually pinned as well. Like um, he'd shown enough in the match that I think it would be okay if they went toe to toe at the end, but. It's only a minor gripe, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I won't hold it against them. Our third match is essentially an opener that has been moved up the card. It is the returning Hook Bombery, Los Luches, and Top Gun Talwar against the Human Tornado, Ronan, and the Ballard Brothers. How many times have Hook Bombery returned at this stage? (laughs) (laughs) True. Like, I love him, love to see him, but. He, he just disappears for a few months and then it's, oh, he's back. <laughs> he's, he's their Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> he only works the big he? towns, as in the convention yeah. centre. Yeah, he's probably just at the convention. <laughs> <laughs> what a great match. Anyway, I've got some baseball cards I want to sell if anyone wants to pop by. The original Hook. The OG Hook. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see Hook Bomberry against Hook. And I, I want, I'm going to push for this to happen. I'm going to start like a hashtag campaign on Twitter. Hook v. Hook. Uh, yeah, Joey, yeah. now that you're listening, that's a spring break main event, night six. Night six, yes. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'll, I'll go, I'll be there, I'll travel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that will be my like mania main event. I think this match had the most I've laughed at wrestling in, I can't remember how many years, when... Top Gun stripped down to his pants <laughs> to do a rear naked choke. <laughs> I was legitimately belly laughing. I was howling. I couldn't believe it. It was so, so good. Uh, and that, that made this match an instant thumbs up for me. It was a great match. I really enjoyed it. And um, Shannon Ballard did really well. <laughs> he really stepped his pussy up. He was like, his, well, he did a, who was he doing? Zokre. He was doing a sequence of Zokre. It was just brilliant. But I think Zokre brings out a lot in people. Him and Phoenix Star, I think they're great in these. They're maybe too good for them, but they also elevate it. Yeah, they're sort of in that weird spot where they're probably not good enough to move up the card anymore, but they're too good for this. But yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have them here, I guess, yeah. holding it together. I thought Tornado was also very funny. Yeah. Uh, it was a legitimate injury. Yeah. yeah. Tornado had uh, his arm in a sling, and um, he was doing a sequence with Top Gun, who couldn't. He tried to arm drag him, <laughs> uh, but he couldn't and because uh, there was no arm there. So he just fell flat on his face. That was very good. Um, and yeah, he did very well with one arm as well. The crowd were so amped up for Human Tornado as well. He was definitely, I think, the most over person in this match. Even just that introduction, like, and I think the, the injury was really horrible to watch and not gruesome to that point, but it was just icky. Mm-hmm. I think that nearly just gave him sympathy and the fact that he battled through that last month and now showing up to work again injured, maybe shouldn't but i think that endeared him even more to the crowd so like you can see his star really kind of starting to shine now yeah this was so chaotic and um, my favorite part was the the stomp circle 
Oh, and, that was brilliant. And just Excalibur nearly like, you see better antics on the schoolyard. Disco <laughs> Machine Junior could do better than this. It was just so funny. And then ultimately, Rick Knox was to blame for not doing his job. <laughs> what was the Rick Knox thing? I don't remember that. He was just, they were just blaming Rick Knox for, for getting out of control. Oh, right. Yeah, fair enough. That still happens to this day. I, I was <laughs> laughing at that as well. I was like, some things never change. Yeah. JR gave it to him good on fucking Dynamite this week. He hates him. It's like, I know people really dislike JR, but and maybe I'm just enjoying him ironically, but I just love that you can just tell, here's things JR the character is pointing out, and here's the things JR the person fucking hates, and it's so <laughs> obvious which one is which, because uh, he'll just stop in the middle of a sentence and say, Rick Knox could fucking get them to grab that goddamn rope, by God. You know, it's just like, you just... Sorry, I just want to dig if the ballads remind you of Bob from Twin Peaks. Oh, God, they will now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I thought oh. especially in this match, one of them had, he was doing some sort of, like, looming thing, and it was yeah. just like, oh, my God, it's Bob from Twin Peaks. Oh, that's terrifying. So after a bit of, bit of a melee at the end, Hook taps out Tornado with a Fujiwara armbar on his injured shoulder which uh, Excalibur calls the Waki Gatame. Mm-hmm. Little future shout-out to Hook and his father, Taz. <laughs> All by its judo name. Yeah. No wonder those two get on. Back to the serious business now. As El Generico faces another debut, Alex Shelley. Sarah, how excited are you for this? I was, I was pretty excited. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like bit controversial Alex Shelley pre Motor City Machine Guns matches could be boring sometimes oh, thank god Sarah you said yeah. that I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to be the shit the wave of relief just hit his <laughs> I, I oh. wanna, like I obviously love Alex Shelley mm. hand on heart I, I do but I, I, I think sometimes he was so focused and I think in this match it, it also shone through. So folks are being like, look at me, I'm so technical and I can mm-hmm. do all of these yep. different holds and transitions and he really tried to just put it all into nearly like one match all the time. Um, but like again, Alex was what, again, 21, 22 at this yeah. time? Like really, really young. This was a very classic two th- early 2005 Alex Shelley match, I think, um, which was a bit disappointing because you want an El Generico match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the I wrong person for him. I thought he showed no personality, mm-hmm. which is absolutely bizarre to think of with Alex Shelley. Totally. It, it is kind of like we, we said on previous episodes about like punk and hero. And I think Sarah mentioned it there as well, just for this one. This was just, this was the quote unquote prestige style of match in the early 2000s. You went out there and you proved that you were serious and you could grab a hold and you could, you know, make them think, <laughs> you know, about technical wrestling. And as we've also talked about on recent episodes, this audience does not care about that yet. No. They will eventually, but they don't care. They want to see. They want to see Kevin Seen versus El Generico. Do you know what I mean? That's the level of match they want. Uh, yeah, um, and it's 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 a weird thing to say, but but I do feel like the 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 period of, of Shelley that I like the best is 
X Division guy. Do you know what I mean? Um, obviously, it was so a lot of frustration with how little time they got, and the matches were always three minutes long and seventeen people in them. But it was it was almost kind of like that 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 art from adversity type thing where because they had so little time, the matches just move, 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 and they were very exciting. And then in the few Shelley matches I've seen from this era elsewhere. It's it's usually this. It is usually this, and it's he kind of reminds me of a sort of slightly slightly less good, but still good, Chris Daniels, where you kind of appreciate his proficiency, but you're not enthralled by the match. That was this match, I think. That's why I kind of do find it. Uh, I, oh my god, people are gonna hate me. I think people <laughs> over exaggerate how much Alex Shelley has influenced them in terms of. You know, I'm like, Alex Shetty's this. Do you mean, like, that was Alex Shetty. It was only when he kind of started wrestling with, with Saban, he then kind of carried a kind of hybrid style, which I think Alex Shetty, went, went, once he did that, and like Barry said, kind of 2009, Alex Shetty was one of the best wrestlers in the world because he had his technical prowess mixed with that kind of fast-paced, always-moving style. And that was when Alex Shetty was at his peak, not this. Because like you said, he there were so many people better at this than him. Yeah, he was very young, obviously, so he was only kind of getting started. But uh, I think people I think people were influenced by his style in terms of his hair and gear rather than right. his actual wrestling ability, to be honest. I was, yeah, I was just, just going to say that as well. Yeah, it was definitely style over substance with Shelly. And I was the same, like... I thought he was so cool. Black Rebel yeah. Motorcycle Club. He why well, I started listening to them was for yeah, cool, yeah no, same. Like he looked like the total package. Uh, he acted like the total package, and then I'm not going to say then the bell rang because that's too harsh. No, no, no. But, yeah, uh, right. but I know what you mean. The reason yeah. there was a reason he never transcended up as a wrestler. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was nearly a gatekeeper as well, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think was perfectly fine. And I think they were an underrated team in general. I, I think it's nice that they have gotten their flowers, to use that term these days. But even within the team, I think it's so true that Sabin is the underrated one within the underrated team. Um, because I feel like there's so much conversation about Chelly. And like I said, he, I mean, he did, I think he eventually became way more of a complete package. Like if you took, in, tw- in 2022 even, you said Alex Shelley versus any notable wrestler on the scene today, I'd be like, absolutely, let's go. But I feel like Sabin was way more... Uh, earlier in his career, he was way more the guy um, uh, uh, than Shelley, but Shelley did have that look and the personality and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, so this this sounds really bad. If Chris Saban looked like Alex Shelley at this time, he would have been the biggest star, I think. Yeah, because Saban had that. Yeah, Saban had shit gear and bad hair, you know, but he was unreal in the ring. But I yeah. won't. I won't get into well, it. Cause... Controversially, I don't really think... I don't know. I don't think Saban ever looked cool. Um, I think Ooh. maybe it's just because he was beside Shelley. I don't know. I just... I, yeah, I, know, I, I guess when he has the shorter hair, he, look, he looks a bit better. But I don't know. Yeah. I always felt like the aesthetic didn't suit him. I always felt like Shelley was dressing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I no. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 think, I think when they hit their stride as a team in the early, like, 10s... I thought he he looked very uh, yeah. I thought he looked pretty cool, but um, yeah, that's for our 
we'll do our Motor City Machine Gun deep dive after our Deep South Wrestling deep dive. Yeah, we'll do our Detroit, Michigan podcast. Um, <laughs> we'll have to mention Excalibur on that too. Who, uh, despite having never met Alex Shelley, tells people he knows him <laughs> because it's just easier. <laughs> I'll uh, break out my my Made in Detroit hoodies for that one. Nice. That I wasn't expecting Shelley to be so big at this time. Like he was hench. Yeah. Now um, he is in there with the skinniest white man, Mexican, alive. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, no, he did. He looked he looked uh, thick. Especially for an X Division guy. Yeah. 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 Former X Division guy. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he got in the gas. Maybe he's gone for a heavyweight <laughs> run. <laughs> There's one point where Generico hits a tope con hello outside, and he he nearly knocks out a granny <laughs> in the crowd. And I don't know why, but Excalibur just in his tone, just granny or abuela, as they'd say. <laughs> It's so funny to me. I don't know why. Just the, the inflection on his voice, the way he, he says those little asides always cracks me up. There's a deadpanness to it. You know, he's, he, it's, yeah. I think it's because he doesn't say it as a punchline. Is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's a stupid fact that he just says, but it is the punchline, but he says it nonchalantly. Anyone else else? No, I think we I think we've ragged on Alex yeah. Shelley enough. I thought it, it wasn't some train wreck. It was just it was like we were. That's why I made the Daniels comparison. Spoilers for the next yeah. match as well. But it was it was like perfectly fine, and they picked up, it picked up a little bit towards the end. But um, the crowd is always such a big thing at any wrestling show ever, and like we said, they don't really want to see holds and you know te- but, technical wrestling. But to that, they were also chanting tap. When Generico was in a submission, like that, I was so shocked by that. But I think it's because, like you said, this wasn't an El Generico match. Yeah, if he got to show out and be El Generico, they'd have been more on his side. And I think, yeah, it stifled the match. Like Alex Shelley was probably known as a TNA guy, so he got a bit more of the crowd. Yeah. Whereas Generico wasn't allowed to win them over. Yeah, and plus, as you were saying, back in the convention center, probably a couple of. Um not necessarily PWG fans um, uh, sticking their head in. Yeah. And to be fair, the Border City stretch does look sick. Oh, it's great. (laughs) It is sick. So Shelly hits a fisherman bomb, which Excalibur says is his finish. I don't actually remember at this time, but Generico kicks out. And then Shelly hits a straightjacket DDT, which was incredible and absolutely flattened Generico. And pins him. Uh, we find out later that Alex Shelley's sticking around, so I guess it makes sense. And Generico, well, Generico losing makes very little sense after this next match. But <laughs> I was going to say Generico can lose. He's easy to rehab, but we'll reveal why that's actually not the case later. Our next match then is the aforementioned Christopher Daniels against Kevin Steen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, like I, I think the story of this one was supposed to be that, like, in their exchanging of holes, that Daniel's like neck got tweaked, and you know that was fine. 
and there was a spot later on where I think Daniels went for some kind of suplex or something, and his neck gave out. That was all fine, but again, it was just a little bit low energy, I think, for me, especially when you've seen... And it, it's just so funny that the two opponents for these two matches were Steen and Generico, because they came in with a huge splash, and they established a certain tone and a certain style, and then these matches were not that, um, which I think hurt them both. I think, though, at this time... Even if Kevin Steen wasn't wrestling a Kevin Steen match, he could get through it with his charisma and, and personality. Yeah. Like, again, very loud and very vocal during this match. Like, you know, the old thing where, like, you don't do the leapfrog and you just hit the guy and and, and, and Daniels did that and, and Steen's just so loud and vocal. He's like, that's not the way it's supposed to do it. That's the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> you were meant to jump. Yeah, like... He adds the kind of the the, the flavor to the match that might have been missing if it was with someone else. Because uh, maybe it's because Generico can only speak Spanish. I don't know, but you know, it's it's just one of those things. But my favorite line on commentary, and I don't even know what it was in reference to. It might have actually been the leapfrog. Was Excalibur just goes? It's not how we do it in America, Frenchie. <laughs> I was absolutely lost. <laughs> Uh, he is great. There was one point where they talk about Rick Knox is so by the book that he keeps a copy of the Kama Sutra beside his bed, beside his Bible. So he's uh, by the book in the ring and a fucker by the book as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought Excalibur and Disco really had fun with Steen on commentary. Like they, they clearly enjoy him a lot already. But like you said, Daniels was the wrong guy for him to be in there with. He doesn't play off him like... I, Daniels goes in and has his match regardless of who it is and sometimes it works better with others like with, with Stradlin and even with Bobby Quantz, um when I guess Daniels is the personality but right. when there's a bigger personality in there with him he sort of drags them down yeah so yeah an, an ongoing thing in the match as well was that Rick Knox was like constantly getting in Steen's way. I don't think it was meant to be no. <laughs> a thing, but it did play into the finish. So I'm going to say they improvised possibly. Yeah. Um, because uh, Steen gets distracted by Knox and Daniels like sort of rolls him through. I don't know what it was like a nearly a little crucifix. Crucifix, yeah. Yeah, and pins him. So that is our third. Roll up in five matches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony Stradlin having his finish completely ruined on his way out, That's negating it. it for WWE. No one's going to pop in WWE for the big Stradlin uh, roll up win. So Steen attacks Daniels after the bell, and Hook, Bombery, and Top Gun chase him off eventually. So he gets on the mic and he challenges Daniels and Generic Hunt. <laughs> uh, to a three-way dance Daniels accepts that but Disco has other ideas and he makes a number one contendership match Daniels Generico, Steen and AJ Styles Yeah, that will be next, next month because I feel like Daniels can never get a title shot if AJ Styles isn't involved if we book you, can we get AJ too? Though? 
yeah, but also the the two losers from this show got into the number one contenders match as well. Yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> and they do love a four way number one contender match. So we're at the business end of the card now. Only two matches left, two title matches. The first is a PWG tag team title match. Arrogance defending against Aerial Express. As you might remember, last month the belts were gone. <laughs> but fret not, Commissioner Disco Machine has located new belts. Literal belts. <laughs> Trouser belts and bananas to signify that this is pro wrestling gorilla, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All carried in a plastic bag. Which I <laughs> what was the thing they used to call the belts, the something bananas? Oh, that's true. It was the top bananas, wasn't it? No, it was oh. the. Oh, God. This is actually just after coming back to me now, but I can't remember. Was it the sash? The sash O bananas, wasn't it? Oh, that does sound no, familiar. That does yeah. Really yeah. Or, was it, or was it the stash O bananas? I can't yeah, remember. Stash mix. Stash mix. Yeah, I don't know, but they used to call yeah the tag belts the something O bananas. So I guess the disco, you know, disco getting it getting it all in order for the lore fans. Yeah, and yeah. which which we should be, but which we should be. <laughs> we've only we've only recorded twenty hours about it so mm-hmm. far. After the belts thing, which was you know cute. <laughs> Bosch does like an absolutely dreadful, never-ending like I won't even. I, I was going to say tight five, but it was anything but tight. It was just kind of like it wasn't even. It didn't even feel like a promo. It kind of felt like this show's a bit short. Can you go out yeah. there and just do five minutes on the Mexicans, please, Chris? We need you to go out there and just do it. And it was like the most kind of and like obviously we've talked in the past. It's all real low hanging fruit. It's all very cringeworthy and misogynistic and and, and you know uh, racist in some cases. But he goes out there and he, he he's kind of like um uh, uh like so they do the belt thing and then they just kind of stand around and like so you want to know uh, uh why we um choose to go with Valentina uh huh. And then someone from the crowd goes, because she gives good head. And he goes, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> and then he's just like, so, uh, uh, folks, have you heard this one? Folks, do you know what's good about um, uh, Mexicans? Folks, have you heard this one? Have you heard this one? Um, they're women. Uh, and they like to clean. And, like, silence. And then one guy goes, oh, on his own. Like, I don't know, maybe he was Chris Bosch's friend trying to just save him. It was terrible. And, like, we, Chris Bosch, you know... Is a funny guy and a charismatic guy a lot of the time. This really did feel like just as he was going out the curtain, they were like, we're not quite ready. Can you just go out and just do something for a couple of minutes? Because it kept going and going and nobody was cheering and nobody came out to stop him and nobody, oh my God, it was went on forever. Part of that was also Scott Law's fault because he handed him the mic twice and Scott Law <laughs> didn't say anything and handed it back. Uh, there was some points though it does cut to Scott Law's face and his face is kind of like what is he doing (laughs) what is he rambling on about he's like I want no part of this I'm in my nice new Osaka pro wrestling shirt (laughs) Chris shut up he does end his promo just as the match is about to start by saying everybody wants to know is Chris Bosch racist I am that's it (laughs) Like, that's one of the most, like, not famous clips is probably the wrong word, but that's always in, like, the It's Always Sunny in PWG or, you know, PWG Funniest Moments clips. Like, that's always there. 
I didn't realize the dirge that came before. <laughs> so Valentina has gone again. Or is everyone's, but everyone's leaving. Everyone yeah. in in this match, we officially hear that Baby Slim is gone. gone. Like he's gone, yeah. gone. Like that's yeah. it, never to be seen again either. And I don't know if we've talked about it before, but uh, like we, I think we have that. Like he was in Dragon Gate. I want to watch that. I want to watch Baby yeah. Slim in Dragon Gate. Another it's podcast. Add it to the list. <laughs> I say he's a good base, like I say, yeah, he's yeah. been all right. It'll all be flipping off him and yeah, doing stuff. It, it is kind of a shame that these people just like unceremoniously just stop showing up on the shows. Um, mm. You know, like obviously you're not going to do like a Ric Flair retirement for Baby Slim, obviously, <laughs> but it's just kind of like he could pour a forty out. That was <laughs> But it's, it's you know, it's just like, these are people that filmed like skits and had months long feuds and were the, you know, as much as, as maligned as some of them were, they were the people who did kind of hold up the promotion early on as, as one of the mainstays. Yeah, Valentina, just not here. I get maybe she signed a WWE deal as well. Maybe she's a diva now, you know, but yeah, just people, people disappearing off the face of the earth on these shows. I think we need to do a tweet after this show being like our our missed members of the roster with Paul T, Valentina, Tony Stradlin and, and Baby Slim. We miss them all. Yeah, yeah but we'll do a Where Are They Now segment. Oh, also, where is Puma? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Yeah, that whole, uh, that whole faction is... Yeah. yeah, remember the dojo wars? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were friends now? Yeah. That's actually really odd. Yeah. It's like Tony Stradlin took his place in the sort of doing the matches and winning them all, but not getting a title shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very odd. Yeah, we'll put out a tweet after this. Are, are you Valentina? Please get in touch. And, and we want to know. Uh, we want to know lore, and we want to know what happened. Well, I think I think she's coming back, but we'll see. I'll Ooh. get into that later. Ooh. Okay, okay, interesting. This match, I thought, was too wrestling-y, if that makes sense, for what was a bitter feud where they've attacked each other post-match a few times and like had a really aggressive match in the past. Mm-hmm. Like they just started exchanging holes at the start, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Especially because Scorpio Sky, he can do that kind of "I'm really fucking aggressive and I'm gonna punch you in your mouth" type style, and didn't really. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good match, but totally agree, it was not a. It did not feel like a feud uh, uh, match. Because like when I first saw the card, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one now." And it wasn't a bad match. That's that's not fair, but it wasn't mm. what I expected either. It was kind of just your what we've come to expect in a positive way from these kind of like title semi main events, which is just good all action, pretty fast paced uh, uh, from early on. You know, great Scott Moss performance in particular, um, but yeah, it was not. Um, yeah, it, it, it felt like it felt like the first time they'd ever met in a kind yeah. of a way. It it is a shame. Like like I did enjoy it. Like I thought it was a very good match. You know, they all. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but like, yeah, it it was just missing that kind of thing that would have elevated it to that kind of hot tag match that we would expect, and maybe it is that 
in the past few shows, the tag title scene has been really the shining light of these shows. And maybe we just have these really high expectations for them now because they really have delivered. Um, but I, I like it was fine. Like it was fine. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What say you, Emma? Yeah, I mean, I liked it, but I don't really remember that much about it. There's no like standout moments or anything. But I watched it and I was like, yeah, fine. There were lots of cool little kind of innovative uh, kind of uh, spots, these four guys, you know. Um, there was a great, like, Scott Loss, like, dodged a drop kick and then seamlessly turned it into, like, a gut buster. He caught, I think it was Quicksilver. Quicksilver yeah. jumps into the air for a drop, uh, drop kick. Loss, like, sidesteps and then puts his knee out. It was just so smooth. Every time Loss does something like that, it's the most smooth, silky smooth thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, he did um, another one where he d- did the same thing, used whoever's momentum against him and turned into the clothesline into the backbreaker yes he was like um, oh one of them was going for like a cutter like an RKO style thing yeah and he he just immediately in one swift movement turned it into the oh it was great it was great very great as we've as we've said I think almost from show one you know he's just silky smooth and super innovative stuff that you still don't even really see today like all that stuff where he without without even noticing oh he just countered that before you can even blink he's turned it into something else it's just it's really really great um yeah no, the the action was definitely was definitely really good here. Yeah, um, I thought Scott Lost was a bit subdued. Like I think this was this was made for Bosch to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he's established enough now, and they want to like Bosch has been a comedy guy and sort of a dweeb for the first two years. So I think they want to establish that you know, oh wait, he's actually good as well. Right. Yeah. I think that worked. Lost rolls Scorpio up with a jackknife pin and Bosch reaches into the ring from the outside holds his hands down for the pin so roll up number four that's it yeah and it's a shame they're overdoing it because I actually always do like the hands outside the ring yeah. thing from Mentum I think it's always a nice spot but again we've yeah, it's that, just been... if they did that and just the straddle one you'd be that's fine because they that's are fine. different enough that that's yeah. fine but uh, yeah they've done too many of them so Sky loses the plot after the match and th- attacks the ref and throws chairs around. Now, on commentary at the start of the match, they don't play into it in the match or after the match, but Sky is getting frustrated with Quicksilver costing him all the time mm. and blaming him. Now, I, I, they're, they're obviously building to something. Like, Excalibur barely talks about the matches, so if he made an effort to say something... <laughs> so we'll see where that goes. Like, I thought he was going to attack him after the bell, but he hasn't. That might be... A slow burn. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's hard hard to remember because you don't actually see the titles, but Arrogance retain their belts. <laughs> yes, their literal belts. So our main event is the PWG Championship match, the long-awaited rematch, as Super Dragon defends his belt that also doesn't exist against Samoa Joe. Was the World Championship always gone as well? I don't... I don't know. No, I always, I well, it wasn't here, so I don't know. But I'd always thought it was the tag titles was the yeah, thing. yeah. Um, I, I didn't know it was all three, and maybe it isn't. Maybe it just wasn't there. Maybe they leave it in the the Jewish community center. Maybe he brings it out, but we don't see it. Yeah, takes it off yeah. during his entrance thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, along with his yeah. jacket. I haven't seen his jacket in ages. Yeah. Yeah. Ages. yeah. 
Dragon attacks Joe straight away at the bell, which was great. Yeah. Um, it sets yeah. the tone for the match. And I liked how it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. He attacks him at the bell. He gets about 30 seconds of offense, and Joe just turns around on him and just absolutely monsters him. Yeah. yeah. Joe made Dragon look small, and it was the first time I really noticed it. Um, yeah. And it was great because we're, we're so used to Dragon, his presence and everything just kind of making whoever he's against look smaller, even though Dragon isn't that big himself, but um, Joe dwarfed him. Yeah, and I liked, like, we, we had this complaint about his other title matches, how he gives too much mm. to guys who don't deserve it. Yeah. But this is Joe. Yeah. It made complete sense in, like, Dragon in peril against this guy much bigger than him, and like when he's usually the tough guy, but this monster came in and started absolutely dominating him. It was, it was like I love this match. Yeah. yeah, and it's Joe at the peak of his powers. It's two thousand five. Do you know what I mean? There's no better person to do this match with than than this at this time. I would say. And I think as well, it kind of a, it plays into the fact as well, we were talking earlier that there's people here that might not have been PWG fans, but wrestling fans, because there was heavy Joe chants at the start mm. of this. And like, just, and then just the whole crowd, like you could, the room was nearly, well, not the room because it's in a convention center, but around the curtain area, it was like shaking with just the screams and the crowd were so invested and I think this is what um, Super Dragon's title reign needed was a match like this against Samoa Joe. Like it's finally now something that we could invest in for Super Dragon. And maybe it's a good thing that the t- the tag title match didn't deliver as we wanted because I think that made this even better because it was so good. The two of them just went out and like, what little offense Dragon did get, he'd, he'd make count. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He'd absolutely clatter him, the two of them. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He's the best at that. He's the best at yeah. that, of getting in little offense, but making it very effective. So, when, yeah, when he does get that little bit of offense in, he he staggers Joe, gets up on the top rope and hits a leg lariat. It was more like a spinning heel kick. It was absolutely disgusting. Like, his heel cracked the back of Samojo's head. It was so good. <laughs> and then when Joe's down, he tries to get him in the curb stomp. He he, he um, ties the legs up. But he can, Joe's too heavy to get him by the arms. So he puts his fingers he in his nostrils. Yeah. Holds his head up and stamps him oh. down. It's so good. He so is good. incredible. There's there's not many PWG production flourishes that we've seen in the first two years, but like Joe knocks Dragon to the floor at one point, and we get this like zoomed out hard cam shot of Joe running the length of the ring, and then it's just one consistent shot, and then flying out with a, an elbow suicide out of the ring, and you just see him and Dragon go crashing through the chairs, and it's just like, oh, it's great, it's great. Like I would say, Dragon hit about six moves in this match. Yeah, and they're all brilliant. Like, there's another point where he hits a, a butterfly suplex off the top as well. Like, oh, he's so good. He's so good. Like, he has the fucking John Cena, Bret Hart five moves of doom down. <laughs> as Barry said with the elbow suicida, they tease another count out loss for Dragon, but he makes it in in time. To which Disco does say, I don't know why he did that or why Joe didn't go out and get him because he would have retained the title. But that's 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 another thing. So then later in the match, Dragon hoists Joe up for an absolutely vile 
cycle driver Insane. where Joe lands on the crown of his head, like absolutely crushed. I don't care if he's Simone, that hurt. <laughs> and he uh, he rolls out of the ring and Dragon follows him. Joe then mounts a bit of offense and they're both down. And Knox is continuing the count and he gets to 19. They're both outside and Dragon runs in and shoves Joe with his elbow, who was just about to get in and gets in by himself to win the match. And oh, the crowd didn't like this. Like it made sense in the story, but uh, I wasn't a fan either. No. It's like we just said about the last match. If it was just Stradlin and this, that probably would have been fine. But it's been like really lackluster finishes up and down the card. So, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I I like liked is maybe too strong, but I think it fitted very well, and I mm. think it helps tell the story. And I think then, because I want to see more of them, it allows you know them to have a part three. You know. Yeah. Like do they have a part three? Like yeah, that, they do. That, they do? Okay. So, yeah. All yeah. right. That, that's okay then. Yeah. Because my worry was that this was a TNA related thing that he couldn't lose clean to Dragon. And that's also why they did the countdown in the first one. Because mm. Dragon couldn't lose clean to him either. So I hope that, yeah, I hope, I hope there is a third. I think there is. I'm I think there is. <laughs> yeah. I hope so as well. I hope so as well. Because I do agree, it makes sense. The story isn't necessarily bad. I just think it's if the rest of their finishes would be better, yeah. I'd be fine with yeah. it. You know? Or they could just do it next month in actual PWG in real time. True, true, yeah. The, oh. the blow off at last. Oh. Yeah. oh, what a payoff. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. Has has Dragon wrestled yet? No. There was a very tender moment between Disco and Dragon at the end. I really enjoyed <laughs> Disco ran out with no mask. Why he wore the mask for all of it, but then anyway. He, he does this when it's when it's legit. He's the yeah. real mask. Yeah. What a fucking pro. Yeah, there was just a real sort of, you know, tender embrace. <laughs> when 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 Disco doesn't wear the mask, that's like that's like that time Vince called out for Paul. Paul, oh me. yeah, <laughs> that's that's Disco with no mask. So after the match, Red Super Dragon comes out and attacks Blue Dragon. It's like that fucking Halo show. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a 2005 book. That is extremely 2005. Maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe that's yeah, the reference they were yeah. going for. Um, and he hits the, the curb stomp. But uh, yeah, as Emma said, Disco chases him off and embraces his fallen brother. Fake dragon fears Disco. <laughs> yeah, as well he should. So that uh, wraps up the in-ring mm-hmm. part of our show. I... I it sounds like we we're a lot more down on it than I actually was when I came away from the show. Yeah, I was like, that was decent. That was good. Yeah, I think it's just analyzing it under a microscope. You find, yeah, cause. I think also we talked a lot lately about how we're kind of in like a really good stretch now, and I think maybe this is on how would I say this the lower end of the new standard, which is good. Like those first couple of shows, when a show was bad, it was fucking bad. But now we're in the territory where the bar is a little bit higher. 
they've got the they've got new people in there and so maybe the standard has raised a pretty decent amount and this one's on the lower end of that new range but it's not it's not bad by any real metric i don't think yeah yeah. And I think as well, like like look at the names on this card. We're looking with like you like we've said, twenty twenty two eyes on two thousand five matches, and we have this idea of how good all of these people are, and we expect them to deliver at a certain standard. Not not that we're forgetting, but kind of being like, no, actually they hit their peak in maybe two thousand six, two thousand seven, and we're expecting them to be at that standard already, you know. Mm. So, but I think it was a really fun show, really good, flew by, you know, things like we've said in the past that they're bad at, they're getting better at. Pacing was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. the finishes, not something I need to work on. But, you know, like if, if PWG was, was running near me, I'd be going every month. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd be very happy with the show in 2005. Absolutely, you would. 100%. Especially with that eight man. Yeah. That, like, yeah. That would have you know it was high energy it was good it was fun it was one of their best yeah that, that the main yeah. event you'd be coming yeah. away like yeah you'd be chuffed yeah um yeah i think uh <clears throat> the commission needs to get some agents in you know, <laughs> looking at this who, who would be good for them to get around this time simon dean <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good one uh would Road Dog be out of work? Or I'm, trying, I'm trying to think who, who yeah. was on the outs at this time. Regal yeah. was Regal in the good books or the bad books at this time. I can't remember. Let's look up, let's look up late 2004 WWE releases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have, have a nose. Oh yeah, just. Uh, oh, oh, Ricky Steamboat probably is. He, he was around doing Ring of Honor around. Oh there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great one. Yeah, yeah. or JJ Dillon. I mean, I feel like I feel like if they got Roddy Piper, he just encouraged all their worst uh, instincts. Just yeah. two lads come in and say, "I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose either." He says, "I respect that, brother." Uh, double count out, it is. <laughs> but yeah, we have to have a brawl around the arena to make. Yeah, up. <laughs> can you gig tonight? <laughs> oh my god, Rico got released in November two thousand four. Him, imagine him oh. and Disco rocking around. Rico, oh. it has, yeah, it has to be Rico. Yeah, yeah. Rico, that, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Once again, we seem we seem to have one or two every show. WrestleCon, Janela, one of you, come on, make it happen. <laughs> Rico and Disco. We're, we're, we're getting Disco some Mania weekend bookings if it kills <laughs> us on this show. <laughs> so then we have the uh, traditional post-show promos. Our first one is Christopher Daniels. Barry, do you want to take us through this one? Uh, fairly standard. He mentions as we as we did that he can't he can't uh, do anything without AJ Styles being there. And effectively, just kind of cuts a promo on AJ, who wasn't on this show. But yeah, not, I I thought this was fairly to the point. Yeah, he ruined Generico's gimmick though, and said, "Oh, he, skinny white guy from North. North." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So other other than killing kayfabe, this was this was by the books. I thought. Next up, we had his future tag team partner Kazarian. Emma, would you like to take us through this? <laughs> um. Kazarian needs to stop talking. So he, like, he really... <laughs> it's like he's riffing all the time and he's suddenly like, Chris, but, and then he goes, life's a Chris, botch. And, like, yeah. are you trying to say life's a bitch, but then you're also saying botch instead of... 
anyway. Yeah, like you could have just said Chris Bosch. Yeah, and then he's like gay bash. What are you doing? It's like he's coming up with trying to come up with words, like rhyming words. He's trying to freestyle. Um, if anyone needs like notes or pointers or just bullet points, it's Kazarian. So then he essentially says, you know, it's not over and he will have a mystery partner Ooh. next time. Valentina. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I guess, yeah, but by arrogance. That'd be yeah. great. Um, he was also wearing a lovely denim jacket. As well. Tommy yeah. jeans. Uh, yeah, Tommy Hilfiger, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're the coolest, you're the coolest. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if he had any charisma, he'd be like one of those edgelord right-wing comedians now. He'd be Ricky Gervais. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have Alex Shelley. So, Sarah, I'll let you do the honours for that one. Yeah, so he introduced himself as you know, as previously seen on CZW and Ring of Honor and NWA TNA, and then he's like, "Well, I'm not there anymore." And then he, as anyone does, whenever they're talking about Dusty Rhodes, has to do the the Dusty Rhodes, um, you know, impression. I'm not going to try one because I can't do it. Just r- totally rips rips into Dusty about how he doesn't care about the X division and X division wrestling and. That's why he left. Um, so we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of him on, on the Total Nonstop Alex tour, which is very good. I always thought that yeah. one was very, very good. I, I literally only got that there. That's very good. Um, yeah. Uh, National yeah. Wrestling Alex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that as well, yeah. actually. <laughs> And yeah, that that's really it. Very, very. If any Alex Shelley was ever good at anything, it was cutting a, a a damn good tight yeah. promo, and that's what yeah. it was. I like how in this era and up until about two thousand ten, eleven, twelve, Dusty is a villain. Yes. Yeah. Like, so many of these guys hated him. Like mm. Cabana hated him too when he got released and stuff like that. Like it's it's it's. Which is very funny because now he does the bionic elbow and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, he was the dinosaur who didn't see the wood from the trees with a lot of these guys. Yeah. Which is so funny because then he got known as the encourager, the guy who yeah. brought the best out in people. Like, I, I wonder yeah. where that changed along the way. I guess but because of some of the other people they had there, he was the good cop in WWE developmental, I think was the, the thing. Uh, yeah. So it then it became Dusty's kids, not his literal kids, but his kids. Yeah, yeah, no, we didn't care about them. Yeah, but back in back in uh, like so many other people back in NWA TNA days, it was he was showing up for a, a payday, and and you know his his worst instincts were encouraged. No one telling him no. He got to hand wave things like the X Division, and also like he was in and out of TNA so much as well. I I, I I'm sure there's 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 probably a. a uh, you know, books to be written about those early days, but it just kind of seemed like he wasn't even on the best. He wasn't always on the same page as management, let alone the the wrestlers, because he was in and out the whole time. Um, yeah, it is it is very funny to see how his image eventually was was uh, redeemed. He was terrible on screen as well, Dusty. Like he was like an on screen figurehead as well. Terrible, like hanging around backstage, you know, wearing his hat and. You know, just being dusty, and I'm like, you're adding. He actually added nothing. 
you know, and I think TNA was a victim of Dusty's a name, we'll get him in and he'll be great. And he just wasn't because, like you said, he didn't care. He just wanted the money. I'd love to look back and really see when it turned that yeah. he was, you know, the good guy. Because really like, it wasn't even when he first came to WWE because there was time in WWE the guys that were released were like, oh, he didn't see anything in me, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, maybe maybe you're right though. Maybe with all the guys who were down there in the end, he ended up being the good guy. He was credited as working a lot with the women at a time when WWE started to take that more seriously. Mm. And so a lot of the Dusty's kids, quote unquote stuff, came from the likes of, you know, Becky and, and, and stuff like that. And of that, that, and I think what helps in the eyes of his perception in the eyes of fans is that that was the area that WWE most dramatically improved. You know, they went yeah. from the diva stuff to where we are now, and he's considered a cog in that, which probably helps a lot. Um, but and yeah. he only taught them all how to drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So next up, it's Roderick Strong who cuts the most Roderick Strong promo you've ever heard. Just absolutely wooden, uh, <laughs> like just so generic. And yeah, uh, Rick Reyes, you're one tough son of a bitch. And yeah, I may have lost this time, but I'll be back. I've proven I'm tough to everyone. Okay, see ya. Yeah, <laughs> same as it ever was. Yeah, um, so our final promo is uh, more of a skit, a backstage segment as Steen confronts the commissioner disco and says he doesn't want to be associated with El Generico anymore. And Tisco goes, then why are you wearing his shirt? It <laughs> was so good here. What, what the fuck? How did that happen? Um, I, I really don't know how that happened. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> and he wants out of the match. But did, he, he actually interrupted Disco on the phone, um, who's talking to someone uh, we don't know yet. And... Um, Sorry, I said that so bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, so Steen runs down AJ Styles as well. Says he doesn't want to wrestle him. He doesn't like him. Uh, he hates his stupid haircut. Uh, Disco then reveals that it was actually AJ on the phone this whole time. Wow. Can't forget about the accents. Yeah, the accent. Hates his accent. Doesn't understand a word he says. And it scares him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did forget that. Good call. And when he finds out AJ's on the phone, he speaks directly to the phone. I didn't mean I'm only joking. I'm sorry. I love you. (laughs) And runs away. Brilliant. Absolutely perfect. brilliant. Yeah. Ten stars. No notes. Just perfect. Absolutely. He, he hated AJ Styles' haircut in 2005. That was his yeah. last good one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, I, I still can't believe that they, after 20 years in the business, AJ finally blew up and became a mainstay of wrestling in WWE with his with his Karen hair. Yeah. Like, I, I really can't believe it. I still hate it to this day. I think it looks terrible. <laughs> It's a testament to how good he is. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, AJ yeah. was an attractive guy before he left. Was <laughs> he? Yeah, I I would consider AJ to be like like I'm not saying like he was the biggest hunk. I but think like, that's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that's, that is what it's. Before he grew his before he grew his hair out, like 
if you I, ignore, if you ignore literally everything else about him, accent, yeah, and, which and we do with most hot people, accent, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tattoos, views, <laughs> his constant use of slurs, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of him now. So what year are we thinking? Oh, of like it has, has to be pre twenty ten. Okay. This okay. is pretty audio. Fine. But no. Yeah, no, I can see it. You could say it not for me, but I get it, then I'm Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the the last promo saved us. The rest were yeah. very boring and generic. A bit too serious for PWG. Yeah, they, they weren't really PWG skits except the last one, you know. So with that, we'll move on to Curious Gorilla. <laughs> All righty. Uh, we have a good collection of questions here this month. Uh, first one here. I like this question. First question from Ben. He says, how are you all doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Ben. Having a very enjoyable morning with my friends. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm physically exhausted, but I'm mentally very good. And that's always nice. Sarah? I mean, how can, you know, what do I have to say? I'm, I'm good. Happy to be here. Happy to be chatting. Yeah, and it's sunny, so can't complain. I, I was going to say something very similar as I've got, I've got for the first time in a while, I've got a real case of the Saturdays, not, not the group who do produce banger after banger. Uh, I just mean the, the uh, sun is out. It's early on a Saturday afternoon and I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it today. Now I have to say, um, thank you very much, Ben. We hope you're doing well today. And yeah. you probably are because you're listening to the latest episode of Journey Through Gorilla Island. <laughs> ben will appreciate that. He'll appreciate that. The next question here is also from a Ben. This is from Ben S. I love this question. This is great. With the football season having just ended, if you could put together a five-a-side football team with any wrestlers that have appeared in PWG, who would make your squads? Five-a-sides. Yeah. Are we going to do a collaborative team? I think so. I, think I like so. the idea of that. Just to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyone who's been in PWG says Ben. Okay. So we'll that's start that from the back. We'll start who's in goals. Instantly, I'm thinking Joe. Yeah. 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 He's a big yeah. lad, but he's athletic as, as well. So. Oh, and I can just see him shouting directions from goal as well, telling you to get in position. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he'd be good at, he'd be good at uh, the kicks, the goal kicks as well. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So after that, we are going, I suppose, the last man back. So a defender. Okay. Um, a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. Okay. You want him breaking people I don't up. see him being good on his feet. His knees, Barry. Yeah. His knees. <laughs> That's why you put him, put him further back. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fun. Yeah, Surely out of everyone who's been in BWG, <laughs> can he not be the manager? <laughs> you can't have a Peter, PWG team without Fine. Okay. Listen, I think he can he can break people up at the last second. He can go he can do two footed lunge. He'll get sent off at a crucial moment, but he'll stop a goal going in. So you're happy, you know. I yeah. think that's I think yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, maybe we'll have a sixth sub for whenever <laughs> yeah. he goes off. Um, okay, like a midfielder. Yeah, well, well, I think I think it's two midfielders and a and a up front. Up front, so, okay. Um, uh, two midfielders. Um, 
I, I, I'm, I'm saying someone like Claudio. Oh, like yes. He'd be a yeah. great all-rounder. And he's European. And he's yeah, European. Yeah. He might actually yeah. be able to play for me. He, he likes it. We know that from... Yeah. We've yeah. seen him in Red Norton and Brock Lesnar. Unfortunately, neither in PWG history, so they're out. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> that great picture. Um, that was in Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? Yeah, it was before a Saudi oh, show, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Claudio, I think, is a good one. Uh, by the same token, since you know, Claudio, you know, European guy, likes football, uh, is there a case to be made for the UK kid in midfield? <laughs> I was thinking the <laughs> no. same thing. No. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Probably Zach Saber Jr., though. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. I could yes. imagine he's very technically sound on the ball yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think they'd be that's a good pair of, Yeah. Okay, that's a compromise. The other UK kid. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have a I have an idea for, for our forward here. Okay. Uh, okay. You want someone who can maybe get up for a header. Okay. Yeah. Super bad. <laughs> Super bad. I think he, he no. might be too lo- uh, lumbersome. Is that the word? Like five uh, sides small pitch, you know. You need you need to be better oh, technically than him. Wait, he's I was Godzilla. Thinking, what? <laughs> I was thinking of AJ for the Pele kick. Oh, very good, that's very good. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I that. Yeah. Okay, so Samoa Joe, Super Dragon, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Claudio, and um, AJ is our five aside team. I'm, I'm really happy with that. Yeah, who's, I'm good with that. Good Mr. Manager, who's on the sideline screaming instructions? Oh, it has to be Disco. Yes. Yeah. Disco in a little suit and his, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Absolutely. Like, let's go in a tracksuit with his mask. Oh, shaking yeah. hands with fucking Mourinho after the match. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah. Excalibur will be there too as like the like the technical coach or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Background. Yeah. Or just the, uh, the water boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 like a slice of oranges to them. Pouring, pouring water on uh, Super Dragon's knees. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the magic sponge. The magic yeah. sponge. Yeah. <laughs> Not again. I'm running out of sponges. Come on. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, there you go, Ben. Thank you very much for that question. Um, uh, coming soon to a, a, a pitch near you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always slightly raging that, that our, our trips to Germany were post the era of the football yeah. game. Yeah. Me too. Uh, yes, way, back in the, back in the, for those who don't know, the WXW weekenders about 10 years ago at this stage, the likes of Danielson and I, I presume Claudio, if he was there, they would have a kickabout with fans um, during those, those 16 carat weekends before our time though. But anyway, uh, maybe battle of Los Angeles next year. We'll get this team together and we'll, uh, uh, we'll be there. Um, okay, next question is from Will. He says, considering all the PWG alumni who have been in and out of WWE, which of the wrestlers who didn't go to WWE was the biggest missed opportunity and would have thrived in WWE? And who do you think was the biggest bullet dodge would have been ruined in WWE? So missed opportunity and, and a bullet dodge of all the people who have not been in uh, in WWE from PWG history. I mean, the the first bullet... like. Is, is Dragon. There's yeah. absolutely no way yeah. they've gotten him right. And I don't know if we should even give that as an answer. So it, it's I'll obvious, do. but I think you, especially because, like, because th- we were just talking about the SmackDown roster of this time and Deep South, they not only did they not make an effort, they probably made an effort to humiliate and show up people of a certain perception and aura. And I think they would have taken his mask off and made him fucking. Uh, God even knows what kind of gimmick. Yeah, I think it would have been 
it would have been ridiculous. I think it would have been ridiculous. It, it is a very funny question, isn't it? Because I feel like WWE signed a lot of people nearly too late. Because imagine like yeah. Samoa Joe, like they should have signed Samoa Joe. Okay, I know I'm changing the question. They should have signed him then. You know, no, what I mean? TNA roster shouldn't have been in TNA. No, you know Absolutely. they 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 only started hoovering up talent when you know they didn't want them going elsewhere. But oh, yeah, I think Super Dragon obviously is the biggest one, biggest missed opportunity. I feel like there's people we've said are a bit like should have been signed or why weren't they signed? But I can't think of any of them now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The thing Uh, is that they have, even for very brief, they've signed so many people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the ones that are coming to mind are people you go, Oh wait, no, they were there. Like low key. You're like, Oh, well he was there for like different ages. He was only on the main roster for a couple of months, but he's in developmental for ages. Um, uh, who else is there? The box, I guess. But again, that could be either or. That could be yeah. Thrive or, or Bullet Dodge. Yeah. That could be yeah. anything. That's the um, problem because they fuck up with everyone. Because you could think yeah. of people like Willie Mac. Like, mm. like you, you would think, but then they, like, they'd fuck them up. Like you just know yeah. they would. Yeah, because I was also thinking Tornado. But 2005, no way. No, no. way. Yeah. Up so badly. He'd have been in crime time or something shit like yeah. that. Or, yeah. yeah. Be another. Like I know he did lean into the Pim thing, but he'd be another godfather and it just it would die a death. Yeah. Like I think it, it is funny that like Disco and Excalibur reamed into the developmental thing, but like they they were right. <laughs> like yeah. that's all WWE wanted. And even now it's weird going into twenty twenty two, they're reverting back to that. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I think actually I think Willie Mac is actually a good shout for I think it's a very specific window i think if he had gone during the peak triple h nxt heyday i think he probably would have done okay uh he's just he's a very 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 specific list of attributes that i think he would have done well there so yeah he would have been a thrive in that period and a it's a bullet dodge that he hasn't been there before or since i would say um yeah yeah like there's like there's a lot of guys that i can't think of like even someone like orange cassidy like he wouldn't be a success in wwe it's really hard to find a a missed opportunity that like you said didn't have a a cup of coffee there like motors do we we say motor city machine guns like i don't i actually have never seen them fitting in anywhere on a wwe card i would say that this might be the only time 2005 2006 if they went straight in when there was the likes of Spanky and Kendrick, or that's mm. the same person, uh, London and Kendrick, and like, uh, you know, the Eminem. Highlanders. Yeah. Just <laughs> 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 Domino, again, get a shout out on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only talking smack down here. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe, but, maybe. yeah, there's no one that you think money was left on the table, really. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking there, oh, Frankie Kazarian. But then, do you remember he actually was signed yeah. but got released because he wouldn't cut his hair? I mean, that is cool behaviour. We'll give him that one. It is, yeah. Legend. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head, though, Sarah, when like anyone you say did end up there eventually, just not at the right time, like Joe and AJ and all them. Like Chris Hero. Like, yeah. I mean, that just... Yeah. Twice. Yeah, twice. Twice. Can't, can't yeah. make Tozawa work on some level, like yeah, yeah. Pitfalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. 
they did try the new Pupil's drummer with Kid Cash. So oh, yeah, God, maybe it could have been them instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a pity, well, because PWG had the kind of strong tag teams coming in and out, but you can't even hypothetically put a tag team in WWE that'll do well because they no don't one does. do well. Yeah, they don't they stay together. Care. They don't get a good program, you know. Yeah, maybe again in that in a, in that maybe in the prime NXT era, uh, Super Smash Bros. slash Dark Order would have done well in Triple yeah. H, but not wouldn't have had a hope anywhere else. SmackDown Raw, forget it. It would actually would have been comical. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, with one guy who's slightly heavy and one guy who's slightly skinny. I mean, Vince is like you know, never in a million years, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we could probably go for <laughs> hours on, on on this one. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Thanks for making us think, but we don't. Have <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's okay, a, that's I a will thing. say Valentina would definitely have been <laughs> yes Divas yeah, champion. Yeah. Was yeah. she ever signed uh, though? Uh, no. I wonder. No, right, I'll, no. I'll, say, I'll cheat and say Sarah Del Rey, since as as she never uh, actually wrestled there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks very much, Will, for that question. Next one here is from Snowboy. He <laughs> he gives us a question here. Uh, put together a card for this era's PWG settlement series. The most unappealing half-assed card imaginable. So a bit of context here for anyone who doesn't know what this is. Very short version. The uh, IWTV GCW lawsuit was recently settled. And a, a term of the settlement is that GCW is going to do eight shows on IWTV uh, that's going to be called the Settlement Series, which most people are predicting will be the most, we're being forced to do this half-assed, unappealing cards they could possibly put together because they are legally obligated to do so, but they have no desire to actually do so. So what would be the most half-assed you have to put together this card because we're telling you you have to? show from this era of pwg well if i know super dragon and i like to think i do it would be an all-women show <laughs> oh my god you're right yeah good full of divas super bad would be doing a lot let's yeah. just say that maybe super bad alex shelley <laughs> okay okay i feel like yeah the, the, the eight man core matches will Has be spread be out up. over a show yeah yes yeah. i'm thinking uh, my boy uk kid yeah yes against shannon ballard nice on his own yes. nice. yeah yeah oh, let's get some ballard singles action going yeah, yeah. can we please you know yeah so we'd have the other Ballard against Ronan. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In a 60-minute Iron Man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is that the one with the broken knees, though? Will he last? Yeah. Get Jardy Franz back on the show. Jardy Franz. Yes. Absolutely. Jardy Franz back. Jardy and- Franz and Reyes. Yeah, because uh, I feel like yeah. they'd have yeah. no chemistry whatsoever. No chemistry. Um, you, well, you'd have to bring Teddy Hart back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Hardcore Kid. 
Hardcore kid. Oh my yeah. god. He's probably Alcatraz. <laughs> and we got to keep a gangster. So we've got to bring Baby Slim back. So yeah. are we doing, it sounds to me like we're doing a, a four-way Baby Slim, Teddy Hart, Alcatraz, uh, who's, who's... The Thomas Bellies need to have, need to finally come back. Oh, oh yeah. no, yes, they said they would. Yeah, they yeah. they would be back. Oh, maybe okay. we'll do a, we, we said we'd be back match, so Steve Carino <laughs> can be there as well. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so Steve Carino and who's his partner against the Tomasellis? One of the Los Rojas Lopez, who we still don't know. Other Ballards, yeah, the yeah, other Ballards, yeah. yeah. Double duty, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's your punishment. Four Ballards matches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Oh, I think, Yeah. I oh, think that's Is this, sorry, is this any era of PWG that was. He said this era, this era. This era. Oh, this damn, era. like. Brian Myers would have to be on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, we'll have one. We'll have one sub from another area. It'll be Your Brian stars. Myers. It'll be Brian Myers and the the ultimate bittersweet. Uh, you think you're getting a Super Dragon match, but it's Brian Myers. It's Super Dragon versus Brian Myers in the main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, cruel. That's so yeah. cruel. So there you go, folks. Coming soon to IWTV in 2005. It's uh, it's the uh, the journey through Gorilla Island settlement series, uh, match. Uh, I hope I hope that was everything you were hoping for, uh, a snowboy. Thank you for the question. What if? What if? Right here Go we on. are. We've we've done a lot of these booking ideas now. All very good. <laughs> Irony wrestling never been hotter. Yeah, I think we should set up a crowd fund to book our own show. <laughs> okay, I I agree. Okay. I agree. And try and get all uh, disco. We'll get you in that ring, baby. Tell it absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Book Rico. Yeah. Can I yeah. do a Can I do a battered like gauntlet match and just try and have like the worst like tag team match of all time with like yes. some of the worst tag teams in history? Yeah, yeah. we'll have to I look into this. Really. Mania weekend twenty twenty four, baby. That's giving yeah. ourselves time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We and don't want to book shit shit show. No, can't, just, can't just, shit show. just ring in Frankie Kazarian. Frankie, do you have those frankly gorgeous white tights with the green design and the word <laughs> coolest written around the, the rear end? Because um, I have a booking for you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what, what say you about extensions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can wear your, your current merch. Have you seen his current shirt that says 51% son of a bitch, 49% motherfucker? Stop, does it? <laughs> Did he get that on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, it might as well say my son is an Aquarius who's 51% <laughs> son of a bitch and 49% motherfucker. That is amazing. Oh, God, bless him. He is the coolest. Anyway. We'll get, sorry, what? can we get Taro for commentary and he'll do it with us? Because obviously we'll have oh, to be on commentary. We're on commentary. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. On commentary. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can just go on, Zig. We have to get the bears in for that. Absolutely. Yeah, and we can just talk about whatever we want, except when Dragon's out, and then we pretend we're getting super serious. But everything else we're talking about, you know, comic books and people we know and, you know, <laughs> everything else. Um, oh, God. So, yeah, watch out for that link, folks, coming soon. Uh, all right. Uh, final question here. It's from Jamesy. 
He says, 20 years on from Saipan, what member of the PWG roster could you see having a cataclysmic falling out with PWG management that would rock the promotion to its very core? Also, who was right, Roy or Mick? Uh, Will they do a very quick explainer for anyone who doesn't know what that is? Uh, Yeah, go on. So 20 years ago... I, yeah, yeah. I know this. Do not correct me if I'm wrong, by the way. <laughs> uh, 20 years ago, Ireland got to, what was it, the quarterfinals? Well, this is before the World Cup. I know, but I'm just saying, I'm yeah. just setting the scene. I'm setting the scene, you know. We had we had one of our better performances in the World Cup, is my is my point. We were doing quite well. Uh, and yeah, there was a falling out between one of our more famous star players, Roy Keane, uh, also yeah. of Manchester United back at this time. And Mick McCarthy, the manager, and he went home like halfway through the tournament or whatever it was. No, uh, before the tournament. Before the tournament. Why are you explaining this? I told why, you not to correct why, me. Why have we let this happen? You have not said I mean, the question. You have not explained it. What? <laughs> I did. They had a fight. What? We thought it'd be funny, and it was. So All right, Ireland, Zig, go on then, football um, man. So, <laughs> Ireland uh, got to the round of 16 just to mm-hmm. put in that last correction sorry yeah um, but before the World Cup um, it was in Japan so Ireland were in Saipan for a warm-up camp two weeks beforehand and the conditions and like the 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 hotel and the facilities and stuff were shit and like Roy Keane was sort of used to like being with Man United who at this point were the one of the top teams in Europe um, like I said, it was 20 years ago. <laughs> and he was constantly complaining and stuff. And Mick sort of had enough of it and called him out. And I will say Roy was right. So I'll answer that part straight away in my explanation because he wanted the standards to be higher. And Mick didn't like his authority being questioned. So personally, I feel he needled Roy into a blow up, which did happen, which led to. Like it was a very public in front of the whole squad row they had, which led to Roy Keane leaving or was dismissed. That's still um, debated. But Roy Keane came back to Manchester. Um, It was a national concern. It was on the news. It was huge. To this day, it still has fractures in Ireland. And Roy did eventually relent and said he'd go back. But Mick said, no, he didn't want him back. Um, and then Ireland had a very good World Cup, to be fair, but could have had a better one. So I think it's one of the biggest missed opportunities in Irish football. So that's the story. That's basically what I said. Uh, Roy <laughs> Roy was very much the Sasha Banks uh, yeah. of, his, of his time in many ways. I would say he was more the Stone Cold, like the Brock. Yes. Oh, my God. He literally took his ball and went home. Can I? That's why Ireland lost. We didn't have a ball anymore. But Roy Keane cut one of the best promos ever. (laughs) He said to Mick McCarthy, you're a fucking wanker. You can stick your World Cup up your arse. The only reason I have any dealings with you is that you're somehow you are manager of my country. You can stick it up your bollocks. Yeah. And he goes, you're a shit player and you're a shit manager. I didn't rate you. <laughs> yeah. Showed up your ballots, I still use. It was fantastic. <laughs> so in my eyes, the person who would really shake PWG to his core if he left is Excalibur. Yeah. I think from in-ring, obviously, SBS at this time. But then for what he goes on to be, he's the, you know, he's the voice of, uh, PWG and also 
a comforting he's the constant do you know what yeah. i mean he's always there because obviously super dragon goes away for a few years he's backstage of course but super or pwg is front and center excalibur so yeah i think that would be the most fractitious person to leave personally i'd have to agree and i'd say with regards to like talent relations excalibur would be the one who would have the good relationship with everyone so that would be top. So well, he'd be like Roy Keane leaving. He's the opposite of Roy Keane. Yeah. And Roy Keane was right, is what I'm saying. Thanks. I don't, yeah, I, I was just about to say, I don't even think I need to, to speak because I mirror exactly everything that you've, that you've said, both in terms of Excalibur and Roy Keane being right. I, I was quite young at the time, but I'll always have those mental pictures of him out walking and the cameras right in his face outside his house. With his yeah, dogs. With his dogs. Yeah. 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 Always remember that. And I was always, I, I never liked Mick McCarthy. So like, so this was before Twitter and like irony or, or parody accounts, but it was still very of his time that someone actually wrote a book as Triggs the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if this was ten years later, he would have had a Twitter account as you know, yeah. Triggs Keen or something like that. What do you think, Barry? Uh, I I can't really disagree with the Excalibur stuff. I think it, Excalibur makes the most sense. Sorry, but you can't with the Roy stuff. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, I bloody love Mick McCarthy. That's my that's my uh, stand. No, Roy was right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the dissenting voice. But what I was gonna say was. Um, Excalibur, it's really hard to argue with because obviously now we know that he's the only one who did stay more or less of the people who were there at the beginning. Well, Dragon obviously is still there. Um, so, yeah, you can't deny then that he would be the biggest fissure if he was to leave. Do you know, he really, the company would not be the same at all. So, yeah, I'll, I'll have to echo that one. Uh, yeah, and that's our that's our questions. Yeah, great questions. Thank great you. questions. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. That's Curious Gorilla for another month. <laughs> so thank you very much for that and thank you for listening uh, we will be back next time covering the Ernest P. Worrell Memorial mm-hmm. I assume that's a bit I don't know I don't want to comment in case it's not uh, we'll, we'll look, we'll we look will it up we'll next next time as always, if you have any questions or want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Gorilla Island. We have an email, gorillaisland at gmail.com, if you want to blow the cobwebs off that. If you want to follow us on our personal Twitters, mine is at Zig on the Rocks. Sarah's is? At Sarah Plan. Barry's is? At The Barry Lad. And Emma's is? At O underscore Emma G. Cool, so we will catch you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.